0: heard this morning uh, quite a few stories of God's faithfulness in our church and I was uh, as I was listening to Rick and Judy speak and then Walter and then Gary and Roxy this theme of God's faithfulness I kept hearing of God's faithfulness through their stories and I don't know if you noticed it but there's at some point point in each of their stories as they were telling where they got emotional um, Where God was at work in their lives, and they heard God's faithfulness, or they saw God's faithfulness through something that someone had done or said. And I mentioned earlier at the service that in the beginning, uh, about retelling God's uh, stories of uh, retelling stories of God's faithfulness. And I've been thinking this week um, we're going to take a break from our covenant affirmation series just so we can focus on God's faithfulness as we celebrate 20 years of this church family gathering here and. One of the places where the Scriptures talk about God's faithfulness, or many, one of the many places, is Psalm 105. And if you would just listen to this, you don't have to. If if you really want to, you can open your Bibles. But also, I'd encourage you just to listen. So, Psalm 105 begins: "Give praise to the Lord, call on His name, make known among the nations what He has done. Sing of Him, sing His praises. Tell of all His wonderful acts. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice." Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. And this is actually uh, quite a long psalm. It goes till verse 45, but I'm just going to pick it up at the last few verses. In the middle, it's the story that recounts the stories of God's faithfulness to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then it recounts his faithfulness through Joseph and his slavery in Egypt, and then how he rose to become one of the great, second in power in Egypt, and how God provided a way for His people during a famine; they were they were taken care of there in Egypt. And then it talks about how they went into slavery in Egypt, and then God sent Moses to lead them out, and God brought His people out of Egypt and was faithful. When they needed water, when they complained of not having water, he provided water. When they complained of not having food, he provided food. When they complained of not having enough different types of food, God provided even more and and quail. And then God led them into the land, the land that he had promised. And we see this story, this psalm is a recount of God's faithfulness. And it ends like this. It says, For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nation. And I was thinking of that, Walter, as you talked about how God provided this land for this church building to be built. And they fell they fell, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. And you hear these stories of God and his faithfulness. And I hopefully, some of you who are visiting, uh, maybe this is your first time of hearing how God has been faithful in the history of this church family that gathers here. But this recounts the stories of God's faithfulness through the patriarchs and all the way through exile. But it doesn't yet get to the part of God's, pinnacle of God's faithfulness, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. That through his son, God has provided a way for us. Despite the things we've done, the sinful things we've done, the things that we hate, the things that we regret, the things that we are ashamed of, God has provided a way through his son to be right with him. To be right with our father in heaven. And Jesus didn't just come in and wave his hand. He actually lived among us and taught us how to live, demonstrated what it looks like to follow him. And then if that wasn't enough, he died on a cross. He was uh, tortured and then crucified on a cross so that our sin and the brokenness of this world would never separate us from God. Then he died on a cross, but that wasn't the end of it. On the third day, he rose again. and gives us hope that death is not the end for us, that if we will believe in him, if we will follow him with our lives, Our whole life changes, and it goes on forever with him. And then he didn't stop there. He didn't just rise again. Then he ascended to God's right hand, and he sits on the throne. And he rules there over all of creation. And we rejoice that he is coming again. This is just some, and this is like a very brief uh, description of what God has done through his son. And I was thinking about this coming out of last week as we read Hebrews. And I just wanted to uh, read that. Hebrews 12 the writers of Hebrews is talking about this great tradition. He actually, it's called the Hall of Heroes. He talks about the faithfulness of those who had gone before. I'm just going to read the first three verses of of Hebrews 12. He says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. And as I hear this scripture from Hebrews, I'm encouraged for us and hear encouragement for us that we too would run this race that is set before us, whether it's personally the race that God has set before each of us, or even as a church family, the race that God has set before this church. Let us run, let's keep our eyes on Jesus. As we've heard these stories, Judy's, you talked about Erica, and Walter's, you talked about Rob, and Gars, you talked about people coming to visit you in hospital. Let all of these things encourage us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Do we keep following him and as a each of us individually, but also as a church, we continue to follow Him. That we would not grow weary or lose heart. And I've been thinking about this church for 20 years. This church has been doing uh, the three things that are on the front of our bulletin. Loving God, loving others, and transforming lives. I think about the stories about loving God, about this church, family gathering together at the hall. (laughs) And Rick, I know you've told me this uh, lots of times, but but this morning I clicked again that you guys would get there at 6 in the morning to start warming the building up. It wasn't easy to meet in the hall. The the kids, you know, setting out chairs, Dave, you, and Dan, and, and Rick guys, setting out chairs, and where are you going to have the kids in Sunday school? And realizing that this church has been faithfully loving God, worshiping Him, even when it was difficult, and then in moving into this building that He has provided 20 years of loving God. But I also think, too, about uh, the ways you've been loving God, gathering together in small groups, in people's homes, studying the Word of God, praying for each other, encouraging one another. I think, too, about those of you, who are, if you've told me stories about the ways that you love God in your own time, devotions in the morning, getting up before work with enough time to pray, to read the Word of God, to be shaped by the Word of God for that day. 20 years of this church family loving God. But I also think about 20 years of this church loving others. Coming to visit each other in hospital. Gar, you talked about it. About how meaningful that is to you even now, almost 10, 11 years later. I was thinking about even this week, uh, Ray Anderson, for those of you who haven't heard, he's home, right? He's still, yeah, still home. Okay, good. Uh is improving, his health is improving. Um, but I hear, as I went to go visit Ray, I hear the stories of just people, it was like a revolving door of people coming through to visit him. And how the church, how we encourage one another, how we care for each other. I was thinking too about the times that we pray together. I mean, how many of you have prayed for me? How many times have I met to pray with you about difficult things that you're going through in your life? That we, as a church family, we care for each other. We pray for one another. And the times, think about how many times over the last 20 years we've gathered around tables to share a meal together. To encourage each other. To help each other. To show up when someone needed help. Not only that, but how this church, 20 years of caring for the community around us, You know, I don't even know how many memorial services or funeral services we've had here in the building for our community. Asking for nothing. Like, we just, we want to bless you. We provide coffee and squares and we'll set everything up and uh, no requirements, just we want to bless you. Of 20 years of caring for our community, let alone the clinics and the seminars we've had here, the dessert nights, the things that we've done to bless our community. I think of 20 years of us loving one another. And I think, too, about 20 years of transforming lives or being a part of God transforming people's lives. The baptisms, people who have begun following Jesus here because of your faithfulness. The people who have reconfirmed their faith. Kids who have been mentored and now are young adults who are going on mission trips, who are leading high school groups. Lives being transformed. I think, too, of not only the lives that have been transformed in our community, but the, the missionaries that we've supported, or those who have gone out as missionaries on a short-term basis from our community, from our church here. I think about the wells that have been sponsored, the children that have been sponsored. 20 years of being a part of God as he transforms people life, people's lives. And I think I was thinking about it this last week one of the things that I am most grateful for in this church is that you are a missional people. And what I mean by that is you're not waiting for me the pastor or or Andrew before me or even Dan before us. You're not waiting for us to do these things and 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 to lead it or to set up a program, you just do it. That's one of the things I praise God about this church is that there are people who are saying, hey, God is at work in me and I want to do this. I mean, very rarely do I hear someone say, hey, I think here's a great idea. The church should start doing this. Usually people say, I've got a great idea. The Holy Spirit is at work and I'd like to start. And then I could say, bless you, how can I help? You are a missional people. And I want to encourage you in this to keep uh, following the Holy Spirit's leading, to keep doing those things. Uh, that God is putting in your heart. Not to wait for a pastor or a program to, to come along, but for you to do it. That's one of the things I'm grateful for in you. So let us continue to uh, listen to the word of God. Let us continue, because of God's faithfulness, 20 years of stories of this church, let alone the, the thousands of years we've heard uh, God being faithful to his people Israel, then faithful through his son Jesus. Let us continue to run the race that's marked before us, Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and let us not grow weary. Amen.